You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So the day began yesterday in the NBA with the Bucks getting stunned as the top seed. The night ended with the Lakers getting stunned as the top seed. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter. Here we are basically three weeks from the start of the season. He'll join us at 7.30 Eastern. So here's the big question. We spent most of the first hour talking about LeBron and everything that happened with the Lakers last night and Damian Lillard scoring as many points as the entire Lakers team during the final seven minutes. There is one thing that the Bucks and Lakers have in common, and that is they were both projected to easily make the NBA Finals. There is another thing they have in common, Key. They're both 3-6 and six in the bubble. They were 3-5 and five in the reseeding games, and both teams lost yesterday. So that is something I don't think you would have expected. That first point, sure, they'd both be expected to make the finals easily. But to be 3-6 and six and scuffling and to be down in their respective series, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Well, after they got in the bubble and they clinched, I went immediately to a lack of focus. I mean, that's just being an athlete myself, and no matter how hard I worked and trained, when I clinched it, and it was almost like, well, we, we know we accomplished the goal that was set for us. Now the next phase is to get into the playoffs and try to turn it on. That's really hard to do. I mean, you, get, you can get there and do it, but it's hard to do. Teams that clinch early, I mean, you go back to Golden State when they was rolling when we were not in the pandemic. And they clinched early when they first hit the playoffs. People was like, ooh, ooh, what's this look like? I'm not worried about either one of these teams. Second game, I think Milwaukee will figure out how to beat Orlando the second game, and I think the Lakers will figure out how to get even with Portland the second game. Here's why Milwaukee won't win a world championship. Their third best player is not on their team anymore. So what happens is when Giannis has a great game. But Who they, is that? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Their third know. best player is not on their team anymore. So when Giannis has a great game, Chris Middleton last night was 4 of 12. Their third best player on this team right now is Eric Bledsoe. Last year, their third best player on this team was Malcolm Brogdon, a guy that had a 50, 40, 90 year as it relates to shooting 50 plus percent from the field, 40 plus percent from the three point line, 90 plus percent from the free throw line Mm. and average 16 points. He was a consistent bona fide score. So when Chris Middleton this year has a bad game. There's nobody else that steps up. You can't count on Eric Bledsoe to be reliable. You're worried about Wesley Matthews. Will he be there? You're worried about Dante DiVincenzo. You know, he's a younger player. Will he step up to the challenge? And ultimately, I think that will hinder this team. They're going to get past this first round in Orlando. I don't worry about that. 
But ultimately, I think that's why they'll lose to the Clippers in the finals, not having that bona fide, consistent third score. You use the word lose. You're talking about losing this series. They're not going to do that. Lose is the operative word when it comes to Giannis, because remember, he is eligible for a super max contract coming up soon. It would be five years, about $250, million, $254 million. Long, that's a lot of money. You guys Ooh. were born, you guys were born too early. You guys were born. You got the skills, you got the game, you were just born a little too early. Bottom line is if the NBA salary cap fluctuates, because obviously the China situation, not playing in front of fans here, the cap could go down, so Giannis's money could go down a little bit. He could okay, probably so he'll live, get two oh five. Yeah, two oh five in Milwaukee. <laughs> you could live pretty good two oh five in Milwaukee. But that's if Giannis stays. Our Shanae Agumake of Shanae and Golik, which you can hear at 4 p.m. Eastern every weekday on ESPN Radio. She had a great point. She essentially said, it's just one game, like you said, Jay, but what is Giannis thinking about his teammates after a dud like this? At the end of the season, Giannis is Supermax eligible. So he can either, you know, at the end of the season, look for the Supermax or he cannot take the Supermax and become an unrestricted free agent at the end of next season. So this is a big moment for the Bucks to basically say, hey, we are the guys that you need to build around, you know? Like, clearly they're building around Giannis, but we're the guys that you guys can sort of count on in the future for Giannis to stay. So every game matters, and I think momentum matters. If you look at the Bucks in the bubble, like, it's not like they had a great run um, at the end of the regular season, and now stumbling in game one, it's Giannis in- probably has some questions in his head. Is like, is this team good enough to host and continue to harbor my talents? It's an interesting point by Shanae. Again, Shanae and Golick Jr. weekday afternoons, 4 to 7 here on ESPN Radio. Bottom line here is you look at the situation, Jay, and say, look, I think it's awesome that Donovan Mitchell scored 57. He's like, I want to stay in Utah, small market. I think it's awesome that Dame Lillard had never hesitated for a second about his love for Portland and the Blazers. (laughs) He's an Oakland kid. He's a California kid. But at the same token... You know, Giannis and the Bucks, a brand new arena, another burgeoning team in the East. It would be amazing if he stayed, I think, for the competitive balance of the NBA. But do you buy what Shanae's saying here? I know it's just one game, but this dude has talked about winning at the highest level. I, I disagree with Shanae. I, I don't think Giannis is thinking about what other team should I go to? What other players do I need around me to win a championship? He's not built that way. From knowing Giannis and knowing his agent, Alex Rattus, for so long, Like, they are focused on winning a championship in Milwaukee. He has an incredible relationship with Mark Lazary. He loves his team. The owner. The owner. He does not like working out with other players. He's not one of these guys that you'll find him during the summer like, hey, Dame, come work out with me. Hey, AD, come work out with me. He's like, no, I'll work out by my damn self. I'm okay being in the gym working out with my team, my squad. And I think him coming over from Greece, he is a small town market type of guy. Now, look, I could be wrong, but everything I get from watching Giannis, his mannerisms, hearing him talk, he wants to put on for his city, and his city is Milwaukee. Well, I think if if that's true, I understand coming over from Greece, small town, all of those sort of things. Are you building through the draft? Mm -hmm. Because certainly it would be hard for me to believe that a top-notch free agent would want to go to Milwaukee and play in Milwaukee with Giannis, like a a, a big-time free agent that's out there. It's hard for those guys, all the big-time free agents, they go to big cities. They They don't go to small towns, Jeff. Foxborough. But but that's a back if, Foxborough. If Giannis Hold on, if Giannis if Giannis gives you a call, if Giannis I'm gives just, you a call and says, "Look, we've been to the NBA finals 
multiple years in a row when, they get when, there. When right? have if, they, you, if they can when, get there. When have you seen a top-notch free agent in the NBA decide to go to a small market? They just don't. They're drafted there, you're saying. They're drafted there. It's a homegrown. But, but when, the same otherwise, token. they go on in them big cities, whether it's Brooklyn or Golden State or L.A., Chicago, that, 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 that's because their crew around them, their marketing people, all of those, the agent, even though you say as agent, they think it different, doesn't, when it, when it all comes down to it, that big market is way more impressive than a small market. But See, that's my point against Giannis. He's not, it, he's not, we, he's not we, built we the all same thought, way. We all thought that way about Kawhi too, didn't we? No. We, no, no, man, they, no, everybody, man, his not personality. Because I, knew, I knew Kawhi's he, from L.A. Kawhi wanted to go but, home. He's made that known multiple times. Yeah, but but at the, until he actually did it, everybody was sitting there going, well, what is he going to do? What is he, he might stay in Toronto. He might stay in Toronto. He's a San Antonio-type situation, even though it didn't work out with Pop. Then he came to L.A. But that's one of those things to me when you look at it. Players don't like going to small towns when they can go to big cities. Can't, can't, and play. All right, so let me ask. Let me it can tell, happen. Let me tell you why I think that mo- that mindset may change. Tell me. We're ultimately in a pandemic right now, and one of the things to factor in as we move forward with the COVID virus: Do you want to be in big cities with high density and a lot of people around? I just moved out of the city. I'm a Brooklyn guy. I've been around Brooklyn my whole life, New Jersey, New York, whole life. I don't know if I want to be around but a lot do. of people right now until we find some. All I'm saying is that mindset might slightly change if, if athletes are looking at, hey, what place is most conducive for me and the safety of my family? But the pandemic is eventually going to hopefully we're going to get past it. It's not going to be three, four but years. But that could ultimately now. change the mindset of people moving forward. You don't know that. I'm just saying. Caliber, how do you know advocate. what I know? <laughs> Because I feel like I know what it. You know. I might be a doctor with the white suit with the pin behind my ear. <laughs> Me, Sean. <laughs> Bottom line, it's the caliber of player. But if Giannis wins an MVP and he goes back to back, he's going to find a quality wingman. It's just a matter of who it is. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Still to come, baseball's unwritten rules. That's not a progressive sport. They need to rewrite them and save the sport for the next generation. But if they're stuck in their ways and they don't, what happens to MLB? We'll talk about it next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. you caught up on a couple of big headlines including the big one of the morning game time 34 blazers over keys lakers 193 in the bubble game two yeah 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 are they keys lakers though that's they the real question or we 9 p.m <laughs> eastern game two tomorrow on espn and right before that at 6 p.m eastern it'll be the bucks trying to even their series keys panic meter right now is at a four so he's not too concerned. The Dallas Cowboys panic meter might be a little bit higher considering one of their big, big offseason acquisitions. The defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, season-ending surgery, ruptured right quad Tuesday. The team will save $3.25 million this year by releasing him. There's an injury waiver, though he absolutely could sign again with the Cowboys for a different amount of money. So that is not exactly a parting of the ways. Officially, they could possibly get back together if the wage is better for America's team. Remember, they're still maybe hoping Randy Gregory will be there. For I thought week Michael one. Irvin compared them to the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> no, he's just talking about the explosive offense, man. Okay. We're talking yeah, defense okay. day for first year head coach Mike McCarthy. We'll see what they should, happens. They should go get Clowney. Clowney's still out there. <laughs> mm hmm. Baseball's unwritten rules came to the forefront of the conversation yet again. This has to go away. If you have the opportunity to stunt, you stunt. Because last I checked, there was no mercy rule. Last I checked, the game was not over. You're trying to take the fun out of a fun 21-year-old kid in a sport that desperately needs fun. And I cannot believe that his own dugout gave him a hard time about it. It drives me nuts. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. That voice you just heard was Mike Greenberg. Greeny, noon to 2 Eastern. 
on ESPN Radio. And we will get into more of what happened in his dugout, including his manager not towing the line and supporting him. That's coming up in just a little bit. That's not something you see, especially when the guy at the center of it, Key and Jay, is one of the brightest young stars in baseball. So if you're unfamiliar with what happened over the last couple of days, this was a late night game the last couple of days, this series between Texas and San Diego. Let's give you the quick rundown, and then we'll hear from some of the particulars, including Major League Baseball, and their sort of statement on where everything falls in the national pastime with regard to this unique situation. Bottom line, Monday, Fernando Tatis is at the plate. They are up, the Padres, seven runs in the eighth inning. They're up seven runs in the eighth. He's at the plate with the bat in his hand and a 3-0 pitch. He's obviously told to take the pitch. He doesn't take the sign, and he instead hits a grand slam. And after the game, he was sort of chastised by a skipper. We'll talk about that in just a second. So the next day, the kid Ian Jabot was on the mound, right? He served up that grand slam. Next pitch Monday goes to Manny Machado, and Manny gets hit, or they throw at him, right? So basically, he gives up a grand slam. Next guy, Manny. Throws behind him. Throws right? behind him. Yep. The next day, Major League Baseball suspends Jabot, but in Major League Baseball, you can appeal your suspension in play, so Jabot goes back out there. Last night, Padres are up six runs. Tatis is like, oh, that dude's on the mound? That, the dude I clowned yesterday? He steals third, up six runs. And a lot of people are saying it was inappropriate. It wasn't the right thing to do. It's the unwritten rules of baseball. I just want to mention, Jay, when you step into the batter's box and hold a bat in your hand, they're actually expecting you to swing it, aren't they? Uh, it's a game, right? You're competing, aren't you? And I... I just want the same energy, and it's interesting how it's not applicable. It's only applicable when it's convenient, by the way. So a lot of these unwritten rules that we have in baseball, like I want to be entertained when I watch baseball. For me, a lot of times baseball has put me to sleep. So I want to see home runs. I want to see RBIs. I want to see all these different things that keep the energy level of the game up. So it's just interesting to me, Key, on this analogy because, you know, a couple weeks ago, unwritten rules – you know, obviously, we know that the Astros cheated. That's a big thing. I know they played you against the like Dodgers. This? Yes. Yes. We know about that, right? You got a garbage can in here somewhere? But it's interesting to me that when Joe Kelly throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball at somebody's head on social media, he's praised. Right? He's praised. Like, that's an unwritten rule. You can kill somebody. You can hurt somebody. Yeah, you're right. You can end their career if you hit them in the head. Right? Like, but we want to praise that. But then we want to kill this young kid who's out here at 21 years old. Like, so if an unwritten rule, if you can't hurt somebody, I don't care about these old rules of the past time 100 years ago. I want new rules. I want to see a home run. I want to see all these types of plays and let this kid play seven runs. You're still kind of in the game. First of all, if you didn't want him to go yard and hit a jack on you, intentionally walk him. If you just kill it off like that. And if you. Did one to steal third when you in the stretch on the rubber? Won't you check the bag and, and 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 see if he's going or not? Why don't you pay attention to what's going on? Being mad at him for playing the game the way he was taught to play it is just stupid. I mean, these unwritten rules in baseball, like you said, Jay. This is why, quite frankly, it gets boring to me unless the Dodgers or the Yankees or Chicago or the Indians or something like that is playing. Otherwise, I'm, I can't watch it. And can you hear I'll say I this just, too? I can't watch it because it makes no sense. This is one of the reasons that guys that are supposed to have fun, the Bryce Harpers of the world, say the things that they say because Major League Baseball has always got something negative to say when guys are out there having fun. You think about Yasiel Puig. Yeah, he flamed out to a degree, yep. but he was having fun when he was in L.A. 
He was having fun and people was complaining all the time about his behavior as a player. Imagine if I was playing baseball. <laughs> Can How I tell you this? How fun would that be in must-see TV? When Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, tweets out this, Fernando Tatis, keep playing hard and playing great. It's a pleasure to watch you play. Love your success and the Padres rise to be a winner. Keep leading, the, keep leading that way. It ain't easy to hit, uh, to hit, keep bringing your energy, have the game. We need players like you, an all-star. When Mr. October says that, I'm following Mr. October's lead. Speaking of Mr. October, a Yankee great, I'm going to hear from one more Yankee great here in a second, Joe Torre and what he thinks about this, but there's two practical applications. Number one, the Padres have not made the playoffs since 2006. You're 21 years old. You signed Manny Machado to a $300 million contract the year before. So you got 21-year-old Tatis, Mm -hmm. and you got a $300 million man. You need to be playing hard every single second of every single game. You have not made the playoffs since 06. And secondly, this is just as important. Three days before Tatis hit that home run, that grand slam to further embarrass the Rangers, three days before, the A's trailed the Giants by five runs in the ninth and came back to win the game in extra innings. So don't give me this nonsense about the game is over. We saw three days before a team rally from five down in the final frame to win. We talked about Joe Torre, former MLB manager, in the front office with Major League Baseball now. He was on the Michael K. Show at 98.7 ESPN in New York, and I love Joe Torre, but he's one of these old guard dudes that Jay was talking about saying, when you got a big lead and you got a 3-0 pitch and you got a stud in the box, he just needs to stand there and do nothing. Ball's teed up for you. Base is loaded. He's going to throw a ball if he can throw a ball down the middle, just not to walk him with the bases loaded, lose him by, you know, seven runs. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of that. I think it's, it's rubbing it in. You know, teams have blown leads. I mean, it wasn't like the old Army back when I played. You know, it was a five-run lead. You didn't steal a base late in the game. Stuff like that, but you know, runs are scored at will anymore. And you know, you're talking to a guy who, when I was with the Cardinals, managing back in, uh, I guess it was '94 or '95, uh, I was winning 11 nothing by the fifth inning. It was a tie score, so it's a mixed bag. But I'm, I'm still not comfortable with it. Key, the operative words from Joe Torre. Ton of respect for Joe Torre. One of the classiest people you'll see. Back when I played. Yeah, and he's not comfortable with it. Okay, that's fine. He, it, he, he, it's his right to not be comfortable with the situation, but doesn't mean that this young man can't have fun and enjoy it. They're throwing it right. You know what's coming, right? That's like anything. Houston knew what was coming. Right. Y'all okay with that? That, that was they a cheated. <laughs> they cheated. Boston, to a degree, the Red Sox knew what was coming. Yep. And they were going yard all the time. So I think when you look at it, though, this is what's wrong with baseball's culture. They don't want people to have fun. They get so wild up and tight about players acting outside of whatever they consider their rules to be. But Tory's unwritten in a le- rules. Tory is in a leadership position, and he's espousing these views. How's anything going to change if one of the guys most closely connected to the commissioner is on this side? Well, he wasn't definitive in his kind of like he didn't like it he just didn't like it which is okay that's fine he didn't like it I've been in situations in football where we started to run the ball late in games and then all of a sudden 
teams have come back, and now we had to put our foot on the gas again to pull away from them because we decided, oh, we're going to run the ball. We're, we'll be okay. Something goes wrong. They stop us three and out. They get the ball. They strike back. A famous Monday night game against the Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, lit or you know what's up. Late in the game because we decided we was going to play dungy ball and run the football. Mm. And we were up. I think we were up by 24. Yeah, it was one of the greatest like rallies in Monday Night Football history. 24 yeah. points. It wasn't, it wasn't dungy. It was Gruden. Yep. 24 points. I believe we were up late in that game. I went into the locker room because I got hurt. And I go in the locker room. Had I known we were going to be in that situation, I would have fought through that injury. I turned the corner, Jay. And I'm in the shower. I get dressed. They come running here talking about Coach Gruden wants you back out there. I said, man, I'm in ice. What, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, what happened? they like, like, uh, uh, the game is tied. I'm like, what? Hey, look, I, I've been part of one of the greatest comebacks in college basketball, too, called That's the Miracle right. Minute. We were down 10 with 50 seconds left to go in the game. We didn't quit. We won that game in overtime. So all I'm saying is, you know, coaches preach about having great habits. So if you have great habits, if you practice being great every day, you can't just have me turn that switch off when it's convenient, right? Like, I want to compete. And it doesn't seem like this is one of those things, Key, that was done with malicious intent, right? Like, on football, like, if you're up by 30 and you're going to do an onside kick, you can t- okay, like, that's – I see what you're doing. But if you're going to throw a pitch down the middle, I'm not going to turn well, that switch off. Well, sometimes um, – you know, I don't know. I don't know if he – do you know, Z, if he – if the third base coach gave him to go on the steal, did he just – does he have free green light to do it? Whenever he feels. In this scenario, the story was he missed the sign. That's <laughs> if you believe that, that's the story. I, 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 on, the man, on the three zero swing or on the still on, no, on, on the three zero on the okay, three. He's talking about stealing. I'm third. talking about stealing third. Did he did he steal third? Did they send him or did he just go on his own? No official designation on that, but the idea is the pitcher on the mound. That yeah, night, yeah. the same hit, yeah. guy hit the grand slam. Yeah, so, so he's see, trying to clown him. I, I would have did, did that too. Then. Yes. I would have went at him too. I now I'm going to start watching Padre games. It's like in football, you got a DB. Yes. You have a DB talking crazy. You go and you seek him out and bombs away. I don't want to uh, make you feel bad here, but just for the purposes of attribution, um, Peyton Manning rallied the Colts against. He's such uh, a fact checker. I love it. <laughs> Peyton Manning and the Colts were down 35 14 wow. with four minutes to go in regulation, and they sent the game into overtime. You, I'm telling you, Jay. 35 <laughs> 14, four minutes I, to go. I got a thigh contusion. I, wa- <laughs> I swear to you with my right hand, I walked to that locker room, and you know how far it is to get to a locker room. Uh-huh. I got in the shower, got in the ice. The trainers came running in and saying, Coach Gruden needs you back out there. I'm like, for what? they like, they tied up the game. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? They tied up the game. They won. Key, real quick, Dungy says here that he told you guys it was the most disappointing he's ever been in your team. Do was you it Dungy that? or was it Gruden? What? Mm, looks, <laughs> looks like Dungy here. Looks like Dungy here. Was it TD? Yeah, looks like oh, okay. Yeah, did you actually, so long did you actually get dressed and get back in the game? No, it was over. It wasn't nothing it was I could do. Th- I could my I, my I had ice. I was froze. It wasn't nothing I could do. <laughs> Insult to injury. Manning started the game-winning drive from his own thirteen. Man, it was, oh. it, was, it was crazy though. That was that that game was so crazy. I'm telling you, Jay, it was like it was a nightmare you walked into. I I, I didn't know which coach it was. I just remember it happening to us. No question. How about a little Sports Center before we get to the NFL's best insider? 
Dame top of the key takes another deep three. It's good from Dame distance. It is Dame time in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers will take a timeout. 92-89, 3 12 to play in the period. 34 points from Damian Lillard. He needed a timeout watching that thing. I think he bailed in the third quarter, right? He couldn't watch yeah, that stuff anymore. Yeah, them eyeballs was heavy, boy. <laughs> Blazers over the Lakers, 193. The Lakers are terrible from deep. 5 for 32. You're not winning any, any NBA games doing that. The game ended on a 19-6 run for the Blazers, and Dame scored as many points as the entire Lakers roster in the final seven minutes. Bucks lose to the Magic, so both top seeds go down. This one, 122-110. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. Who says there's no home court advantage in the bubble? The Magic are the home team in the bubble. I think we know that. And they win game one, 122-110. By the way, Bucks Magic game two, 6 Eastern tomorrow, ESPN. Lakers Blazers game two, 9 p.m. Eastern, ESPN. Settle in tomorrow night on ESPN for that double dip. We'll see if the top seeds can bounce back. And we just talked about it seconds ago. Oh, boy. Fernando Tatis Jr. for a second consecutive game may have broken an unwritten rule of baseball. Stealing third is... Man, he should steal home. (laughs) Go around the home, too. Billy Hamilton can do that. I'm not sure how many other guys can do that. This after hitting a grand slam Monday with his team up seven in the eighth. He stole that base with the Padres up six runs. And that is your Sports Center update. It's a pleasure to be joined by the first time on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance with the NFL's best insider, hands down. Adam Schefter joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Adam, it's great to have you here. We are all looking forward to September 10th. Chiefs hosting the Texans. Training camps are underway all across the league. I know you talk to people all day long. What are people saying on the feasibility and how bullish they are that the NFL will go off as scheduled? Well, thank you for your kind words. Good morning, Zubin. Good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. And good luck with the start of what I know will be a great show. I will say this, Zubin, in regards to what's going on in NFL camps right now. The more people you speak to in each organization, the less doubt there is that the season is beginning on time and that there's going to be a season. There's going to be that opener between the Chiefs and the Texans on that Thursday night, September 10th. And a couple of months ago, two, three months ago, I think a lot of people might not have thought that that game would be played, but that game is going to be played barring something unexpected and unforeseen at this point in time. And when you speak to people, there's an actual sense of optimism about the season. They can't believe how much work has gone into this, how much has been done. If you watch Hard Knocks last night or last week, you see what it's like for an NFL team to go through all these protocols, to see what they go through each day to put on a practice and to try to ensure that everybody's as safe as they can be. But I'm I think that the more you talk to people, the more you realize they are convinced that there's going to be a football season. Adam, early uh, in training camp, give me some uh, give me some feedback on some of the injuries. You know, Jerome McCoy, obviously, the, the Cowboys decided to let him go. But there's a number of players that have been injured in training yeah. camp so far. What do we see? Well, okay, it may be coincidental, but I think if we go back to the 2011 season, when there was a lockout during the offseason and there were no organized team activities and basically players showed up in late July and stepped right into training camp. That year, there were more torn Achilles than ever before because I think, in part, there was a lack of an offseason. And I think a lot of people were apprehensive in this year of COVID about what would happen with injuries this offseason or this summer. And already we've begun to see this week in the first week of padded practices, a number of players go down. You brought up Gerald McCoy. He tears his patella, his quad tendon, which there was an actual clause in his contract 
stating that if that happened, that the Cowboys could release him without having to pay him his base salary this year. And so they released him one day after he tore his quad and basically had to pay him the $3 million guaranteed bonus they gave him during the offseason, but no more money is owed at this point in time. Artie Burns, the Bears cornerback, tears his ACL. The 49ers young wide receiver Jalen Hurd tears his ACL. And so we've begun to see this already, and there will be more of this, and it's basically expected. It's part of the program. It's what we saw in 2011. We see it every summer. Guys come back to camp, and inevitably there are a rash of injuries. But I think so far uh, there have been a number of injuries, and there will be plenty more ahead. This offseason we've seen a lot of players get big contracts, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson soon to be. Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings is the lead running back there. Is in contract talks with the Vikings. When, did that, when do you anticipate that deal getting done? And another one, Jadavion Clowney is still on the streets. Yeah, well, in regards to Cook, first of all, we got three running backs that I think would like new contracts. A lot of running backs would like new contracts, but three are realistic at this point. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. All would like new deals before the season begins. And to me, that's really the timeline. You always want to have that contract in place by the time the season starts. And there have been discussions between the sides. The Vikings and Cook have been talking. And Minnesota's waiting for an answer about whether Dalvin Cook would take its offer that it has out on the table. And I think the Saints are talking to Kamara. And the Bengals have spoken to Mixon. And they all want to get deals done. We'll see whether any of them can actually do it. The running back deals are difficult deals to do because the running backs know that they want more money. Teams basically don't offer top dollar there. So we'll see if any of those deals get done. As for Jadevian Clowney, look, he had an offer out there from the Cleveland Browns that was pretty lucrative, didn't take it. He was talking to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks went ahead and made some other moves at that position. And, and so really the market is not as robust as it once was. And there might be a team that steps forward now, but it's going to be hard for him to get the money that he was seeking in mid to late August. If you don't jump on that right away, uh, that money seldom is there later on. So it may, may be in his best interest at this point in time. Just do a one-year deal and hit the free agent market again in the offseason. Shefty, I need you to explain this oddity to me. So the Browns will play football this season. The Bengals will play football this season. The Cincinnati yeah. Bearcats will play football this season. Every high school in Ohio will play football this season. But the Ohio State will not play football. Break that down for me. How do you explain the inexplicable there, Jay? I mean, that's very hard to imagine, right? That basically every place in Ohio but the Ohio State is going to be playing football. I just think, look, the Big Ten shut it down last week, canceled its football programs. And I think these other places, the NFL teams, other colleges in the Ohio area, the Ohio high school football teams, they weren't ready to do that. And I think it just points to the diverging points of view, the differences of opinion that there are on this particular topic. It's hard to imagine that that could be true. Ohio State is synonymous with football, and it's hard to imagine that in that state that we're going to see all that football, but none from the central place that produces it. And again, we know that Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, has started a petition to get signatures, to get the Big Ten season reinstated. I don't know whether that could be successful, but something seems off. When every place is playing college football, or every place is playing football, but Ohio State's not playing college football. Okay, I need you to be a tiebreaker for Keisha and I because we've been yelling at each other all morning long, and there's no better person to break this tie than you. So if Tom Brady and the Bucks, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
if they just get to the playoffs, is that a successful season for Tom Brady, Shefty? Well, I would say this. If he gets to the playoffs and loses in the first round, he loses in a close game, do they get blown out? Like, give me the flavor of the season. Do they get to the playoffs as a wild card? Do they win their division with a 12-4 and record? No, Shefty. No context. No context, Shefty. If they get there. If they get there, if they lose, is that a successful season? Just get into you the playoffs. You just gave him is, is context by saying lose. Well, I'm just asking, if they just get there, is that enough for you to say they had a successful season? I would say that that would be successful. Not as successful as he wanted it to be. But yes, if the Buccaneers get to the playoffs in what has been a very tough division where they haven't gotten to in a long time, that would be successful. It would be successful, yet it would be disappointing. Thank you, Shefty. I, I, stick to basketball. Wait, 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 stick to basketball. That's like <laughs> shut up and dribble. Don't tell me to shut up and dribble. <laughs> Shefty, let me ask you one more before we let you go here. Des Bryant yeah. is is scheduled to um, go to Baltimore. I think he's in Baltimore now, scheduled to work out on Thursday. Does he have any more gas left in the tank? The last time we saw him on the field was in yeah. New Orleans. We all saw how that went. Listen, he's enormously talented. Let's not mistake that. But let's also keep in mind, he's been out of football the last couple of years. He's coming off significant injuries. We'll see whether he's the same guy. The Baltimore Ravens will get a chance to judge that on Thursday, tomorrow, when they work him out. They have other receivers in that they're looking at. It's not like, boy, Jadevian Clowney is coming in to sign and he's going to start if he signs, if they sign him. We don't know whether they will or they won't. He's looking to fight to try to make the team. He'd be the third or fourth receiver. He's a big name with a great past and has done great things and is gifted. But it's not like... This is the last piece that the Baltimore Ravens need to get to to beat the Chiefs and get to the AFC Championship. I don't think. We'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But, again, this is a guy that's on the street right now. They're taking a look to see whether he can help, and they'll get a look at him on Thursday to make that decision. Chiefs-Ravens on Monday Night Football early in the season, and you can hear Key and Adam together on the Adam Schefter podcast. Adam, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, Adam. Okay. Yeah, man, what you expect? He's the best. What did you expect? He kind of couched it, though. He no, said, would he it be did. successful? To... He said it would be successful and disappointing at he, the same he time. He tried to give context to it by sitting there. You, you caught that, Z? I want to give a little context if I could. I know a little, little uh, E in the box score for me, error in the box score for me. I never should have doubted Keyshawn Johnson's first person experience when we we're talking about Keyshawn Johnson. I said Gruden. Huh? It was Coach That's Gruden. Right. We were uh. playing against Dungy. Dungy was on the other sideline. I, I sat here in a minute. I'm like, wait a minute, man. I'm thinking <laughs> my guy over here. Z, fact-checking me, got it right. You made him think, though. But he made me think. Uh-huh. See, that's uh-huh. why you can't leave too much You can't leave too much room. I'm like a coach. When you start messing with me, you mess up the game plan. I had it right there, and I kept saying, wait a minute. I don't ever remember us being up under Dungy with points like that because our defense with Booger McFarland and, and Warren Sapp and the great Hall of Famer and Derek Brooks and – Rondé Barber and our entire defense. I remember that. Are you like, are you like a Sean McVay coach? Like, do you have a photographic memory? Is that you just call yourself a coach, like a Sean I, McVay coach? You know, I do have a pretty good memory, oh. and that's why when you said it, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm old now. I just forgot. No, no worries. McVay <laughs> is going to join us on day. Thursday. That one's on me. Keyshawn J. Wills, you've been reminding you to listen to ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz vans are ready for anything. 
Are the Bears ready to make a decision on their quarterback situation? A new QB has blown into the Windy City, Nick Foles. But does that mean Nagy will ditch Mitch? That's conversation that we'll have on the way. The Bears will open against the Lions, by the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including in just over 20 minutes, the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. He'll be with us. But there is a lot of Fury key in Chicago because since Mitch Trubisky got drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, that's been stated for the 10 millionth time. Uh. There's really no other way to get around it. They bring in Nick Foles to get competition a little bit better, maybe push Trubisky. They haven't picked up his fifth-year option. Foles is a proven winner. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. I think the best scenario might be uh, Trubisky wins the job, gets hurt, Foles comes in, because when Foles comes in, when somebody gets hurt, things tend to work out well for that particular team. Matt Nagy was asked straight up, have you seen enough reps? Have you had enough camp to figure out who your starter might be when you take on the Lions on the opening Sunday of the season? Enough, but there's just not enough. Um, 
with, with where we're at. We need to see more. I can't give you a fair statement or, or opinion with that. Uh, I'm excited to see some more team periods, um, you know, maybe a little more red zone, some two minute, four minute situational football to, to truly say that. So I'd ask for a little bit more time on that with him. But again, the mental side of it, decision making, where he's going um, so far, so good. But we, we want to now continue to just seeing that get better and better to where we have 100% accuracy with that, with both quarterbacks. And so uh, they're both competing the right way. But I, I just, I would say realistically, we just need a little bit more time to be able to compare to the last two years. Corderell Patterson was a little bit more bullish, his new wide receiver there coming over from the division foe. But really, for our listeners at ESPN 1000 in Chicago, if you're tuning in this morning, uh, parse it. What did Nagy really say there? He said a whole lot of nothing, but what's he really saying? I would probably say a whole lot of nothing, right? It just That's it, okay, it, though. It, well, it, it really isn't for me because I'm the head coach and I'm the offensive game plan, play caller. I, I'm supposed to be the quarterback expert. I got this job based on calling plays with Andy Reid and learning under the offense and tutelage of uh, uh, Alex Smith and being there. I, I'm supposed to be able to be an instant evaluator of quarterbacks. And I've had this guy now two years. So I know what he looked like last year and the year before, and I know where he should be in a short time span in training camp. But to not have a pulse on my quarterback who presumably is going to be my starter. Wait, nobody say he doesn't have a pulse. He just says he wants to see some more situational things. How you react in a red zone. And we all know that game management is huge for Trubisky. I I would know who my starter is going to be. And I would know it's either going to be Nick Foles or or Trubisky. And Trubisky's either worked hard in the offseason and gotten better at throwing the football, at doing things with the receivers. I would know. When you start talking about this quarterback and you start talking about the head coach who's a play caller who got the job because he was supposed to be this quarterback guy and a great play caller, how come we're not looking at him? Maybe he may be the problem more so than Mitch Trubisky. And I don't think Trubisky's all that good, but you, you, a lot of people focus in on the players and not necessarily the coach because on the defensive side of the ball, Chuck Pagano's been there. They've been pretty good. But as a fellow wide receiver, because Patterson was with the Bears last year, he was with the Vikings, like I mentioned. He spent time in Oakland and New England in between. He's seen a lot of good quarterbacks, Brady. He's seen a lot of terrible quarterbacks. He's seen a lot of guys in between at the wide receiver position. Isn't that the guy I sort of want to make the decision and look at a quarterback and say, I see the way it's coming off? Yeah, but I, I'm not really listening to Patterson. I mean, he's, he's more of a special teams dude, even though he's playing receiver. I'm not really basing my quarterback evaluations on that dude. I'm, I can't do it as a head coach or as a player because players are going to stick up for their teammates, even though he may look at the quarterback in, in, in the sidebar with the homies. That means like friends and stuff. Gotcha. That, that, <laughs> that he may say to them, no, Z, seriously? Like, man, he can't play, but he's never going to say that publicly. So I really can't put too much into that. I rely on my head coaches. 
and I rely on my coordinators and a quarterback coach to give me the information that I need about the quarterback. Can I ask you a question? Why do we why do we put so much pressure on guys like Nagy to tell the world about what exactly the plan is right now? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe actually Nagy has a plan in his mind. Maybe he wants to see a little bit more. Maybe this is some kind of form of motivation for him. We all know that Trubisky regressed last year, right? I mean, 2018, they won NFC North, but we know they have a great defense. So my thing is, that if you're trying to give him time, like, all right, you might have your decision. You don't have to say your decision publicly yet. Well, it's, you don't not, have to... it's not about a decision on the starter. It's about what does he look like? Like, is he better? Is he so, worse? Is he the same? Like, you brought in another quarterback because you felt the need to have somebody either behind him or in front of him because when you ended the season last year, he wasn't what you wanted. But now we're going to kill a man for telling you honestly how he feels? He doesn't know how he looks yet. He's still assessing that. We're not necessarily killing him. What I, what I, you just killed him. You no, just said maybe he's the problem. No, I was going to say that regardless. I was going to say that even if he said that Trubisky was better than he was a year ago, I was still going to say – Let's take a look at the head coach. Because a lot of times we focus in on players. Well, let's see who's dialing up the plays and who's coaching these dudes. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.